episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, another collector conversation, this week with Case underscore and underscore crown, or as you'll come to know her as Debbie. We talk about her unique story and how she got interested in watches and what caused her to become what we know her as the microbrand queen. Sit back, relax, and I think we're gonna you're gonna really enjoy this conversation. Welcome, everybody, to episode 54 or season two, episode two of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. And uh, it's a bit of a first for us tonight. Um, We've had uh, female guests on before, but we haven't featured a female collector yet. And we are very pleased tonight to have Debbie, or as you may know her, at Case and Crown on the show with us. So, Debbie, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. It's exciting. It, it very much is. Um, we're going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, people who who may not follow you, uh, we have dubbed you, and I know we weren't the first, but we were the first to publishly or publicly talk about it. You're the microbrand queen, which we'll get to here in a little bit, uh, and it may be involved in this in in the first segment that we got. But you, as all of our listeners know, um, and Debbie, you're one of the now eight listeners we have. Um, we were talking about yeah. before we pressed record. We always start with a drink check and a wrist check. So, Debbie, what's in the glass and what is on the wrist? Uh, in my glass, in my brew whiskey glass, brew watches whiskey glass, I have some Wild Turkey 101. Ooh. And tonight I have it over a large ice cube. And then uh, on my wrist is my Burgundy Brew Retromatic. That is a sharp piece. Which is the, it's the newest release from Brew. And it, I love it. It fits my wrist really beautifully. It's a it's a great piece, but I'm I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> yes, I know. We have we have the same watch. We do well, and and since since we have the same watch, I'll go ahead and go next. I don't have uh, wild turkey on the rocks, and I also am a little jealous that I don't have a brew watches whiskey glass. Um, we've joked about that as well, but uh, and I don't have a large cube. I have a large sphere of ice. Oh, but uh, I do have some Weller's special reserve on my one large ice cube, uh, which has been making a little bit more of an appearance at the local Kroger's as Buzzy and I have found out. So I am uh, I'm happy to say that I'm drinking it because I've got a steady, steady stockpile, uh, which is nice. And also on my wrist is my brew retromatic with a burgundy dial. Um, which, as you said, uh, fits amazingly, although I'm pretty sure we have different sized wrists. Um, it's just he he really knocked it out of the park with this piece. I'm a big fan. I know we're going to talk about about Jonathan and Brew probably here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we have this piece in common. So I felt it was it was appropriate that I wore it tonight as well. Been wearing it all day. Very nice. I'm very jealous of your Weller. I can't seem to find it in Connecticut at all. So so good. It's really good. Uh, Better than any $22 bottle of anything has any right to be. That is accurate. Mm. All right, Buzzy, bring us home. All right. I like to do something fun for our guests when I can. You're the first female collector conversation. Also, first royalty that I know of. So, <laughs> hail, hail Regina Micronotum. Microbrand queen. Okay. I decided I actually have two drinks on deck. Since you had posted in the Grony a while back, I decided I needed to work something with Campari into the episode. 
-hmm. unfortunately I am out of Italian vermouth and mostly because I kind of refuse to, to buy cheap stuff now. Um, I've, I've been ruined by Dolan and that that's a very real thing. So just be aware out there. Once you've had good sweet vermouth, you're not going to want to go back to the, the normal stuff. So I just had uh, a Camparian soda. Uh, I definitely do not like it as much as I love Boulevardier's. I do think that it could be perfected with the right garnish and some uh, simple syrup or something uh, to take just a little bit of the, the bite out. But that, that's my aperitif for the episode. And then nice. I had to have something to back that up. So I went with a micro brand for beer also. It's a place called Sonder Brewing that's in Mason, Ohio, which is a northeast suburb of Cincinnati. I'm drinking their record hop IPA volume four. They change their hop profile with each release. Uh, so they just, you know, volume one, two, three, and they're on four now. They also have a podcast that I've not listened to, but, uh, you know, Sonder Brewing, you can look up. Uh, I think it's episode 37. It says right on the can uh, to, to hear the podcast about this beer. So, yeah, there's podcasts for everything. It's a wonderful thing. It's true. Okay. Then on my wrist, wanted to go with a micro brand, but I've got like micro brand inception going on. I've got my Monta Sky Quest on a Cincy Strapco rubber strap. So micro brand strap on a micro brand watch. Cue the inception music. I, I, I really, I wear that sky quest, the bulk of my days. It's, it's a fantastic watch. Really can't say enough about it. I love the seconds hand. I think that's my favorite thing on the whole watch. It is so beautifully done. Uh, just like an arrow. And I especially love the whole times arrow. There's, there's so many things in antiquity re relating the two. Um, just think it's clutch. That's what I've got going on. Nice. Nice. Monta makes beautiful watches. They do. Sure. We'll probably talk about them a little bit if I'm remembering some pictures correctly. Am I right, Debbie? <laughs> yes, we will. All right. <laughs> we went over this, and I don't know what we'll, we'll get the official count, but I can say on my limited, pretty good authority that I, I, I'd find it hard-pressed to find very many collectors uh, that have as many micro-brand pieces in their collection as you do. So all hail the queen. Um, so so you, you haven't always been the micro-brand queen. Um, uh, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you got into watches? What started it? What well, was the, what piqued the interest? How did you, how did you, how did you join this crazy hobby so that you're talking to two other folks on a Sunday night recording a podcast? <laughs> uh, you know, I always loved watches. Even when I was a little girl, I remember having a watch. It was probably a Timex. I don't really remember what it looked like, but I remember I felt so excited to have a watch. And I remember I got into the bathtub one night with my watch on and put it in the water and then realized what I had done because I had been told 
don't get it wet, you know. And I started crying. Um, it didn't kill the watch. It was fine. But I do have this memory of that. And I think I always wore a watch. Mostly it was Timex's. Um, as a young adult, I had one that I loved that had, um, which I now know is called a complication, where it had a moon and a sun that rotated across the dial. And uh, I loved that watch. It had a blue dial. Um, as time went on, I probably 10, 15 years ago, I had a couple of fossil watches that I wore. And then I had this friend who was, is a watch collector. And he would talk about going to watch meetups. And this was around 2014, 2015, going to a watch meetup. And I think, what do people do at watch meetups? Would they stand around and talk about watches? I don't, I didn't get it. And so at some point he said to me, I'm going to give you one of my watches. So he gave me his System 51 Swatch, um, which he said to me, this is a really cool watch because it's the first ever mechanical watch with a movement that is assembled all by machines, fully automated. And uh, what I thought was cool about it was it had an open case back. And when I moved my arm, I could hear the rotor go zing. Yep. And I thought that was so cool. Um, it's red and black, and it had this constellation pattern. And I wore that watch every day. I just thought it was the coolest watch. Really lightweight, kind of big on my wrist. I only have a five-and-a-half-inch wrist. But I loved it. Well, all of a sudden, one day, it stopped running. And so I said to my friend, ah, my swatch stopped running. Where should I go to get it fixed? And he said, well, you can't get it fixed. It's, it wouldn't be worth the money. And come to find out, I found out later, they're hermetically sealed, so they can't even be serviced. Mm -hmm. so. so that was the end of that watch. So I was back to my, my fossils. So in uh, summer of 2017, I had moved to Connecticut and I was talking with him about um, online dating and saying, looking at all these profiles, I'm not meeting anybody. And he said to me, OK, I bet I want you to go to Starbucks every morning. Don't drink coffee at home anymore. Go to Starbucks every morning. Sit in Starbucks and drink your coffee. And I bet you within two months, if you do this every day for two months, at least one guy is going to approach you. Some other regular is going to come up and approach you and you're going to meet somebody. I said, I don't think so. He said, yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I, he said, what do you want to bet? And I said, okay, if nobody approaches me, um, then I want another watch. <laughs> so he was so confident. He said, okay. And I thought, boy, this is a win-win situation because either I'll meet somebody or um, I'll have a new watch. So two months went by. Nobody approached me. Well, what he didn't know, and I didn't even think about it really until well in, a month into the challenge this Starbucks had a drive-thru. <laughs> so I think most of the regulars were just driving up in their cars and continuing on. So 
there was not a tremendous number of people coming in and out of the Starbucks. So anyway, I said to him, okay, you have to pay up. So some time went by, not too long afterwards, he me- messaged me and he said, ah, I'm, I have the perfect watch for you. So I was like, oh, great, great. So he mailed me the watch and I opened it up and it said on the dial, brew. And I was like, it was an all, it's an all black watch. Um, and so I quickly got online. I was like, this is the coolest looking watch. It's not like anything I've ever had before. It's so nice. And I knew it was worth way more than the swatch that I'd been given before. So I went online and looked up brew watches and I realized that it was all about coffee and the coffee shop experience and what an amazing connection this was a watch that he had and he realized wow it was the perfect watch you know to give me so i read up about jonathan ferrer and and his watch company and i thought wow this one guy by himself designed these watches and produces these watches and what an amazing thing he's a really young guy New York City, this is so cool. So I started wearing that watch every day, wore it all the time. Um, So after about, I guess, two and a half years or so of wearing it every day, it started losing time. So I thought, oh, I don't have a clue what to do about this watch. Also an automatic watch. um, And it was losing quite a bit of time. So I thought, I'll go back on that website and there was a way to contact the brew owner. So I sent him an email and I said, I've had this watch for about two and a half years. It's now losing time. Uh, What do you recommend? Well, I get the nicest email back almost immediately. And um, I ended up to make a long story shorter. I took the watch, although Jonathan Ferrer offered to have me send it to New York. I thought, I'll just see if I can find a watchmaker around here. So I did in Connecticut and had the watch serviced. And um, the watchmaker did get it running again. Um, But that got me while the watch was gone. I had a lot of time. This was just last May, May of 2020. So I'm home, isolated by myself my watch is gone so i was online and i noticed that um somehow i found that jonathan was going to be interviewed on a watch podcast so i thought oh this will be interesting so i ended up listening to um 10 and 2 uh podcast and i was like this is so fascinating. There's a whole world of people out there who do nothing but talk about watches. Yes. Yes, there are. Yes. <laughs> and that never ceases to amaze me. It really does. Yeah, it's and, insane. <laughs> and so that led me onto Instagram watch pages. And I set up, um, eventually set up my, you know, a, a, just a watch um, dedicated Instagram page. Um And then I thought, I could buy another watch. Oh, wow. Two. Holy cow. Two. (laughs) Two watches. watches. (laughs) So 
Unfortunately, I loved uh, the brew um, retrographs, but they were all sold out. Mm -hmm. But I saw the master graph with the silver dial. Now, meanwhile, I'm Googling all the time and learning what all these words mean. Crown, lugs, dial. It's not called a watch face. It's called the dial. Um, so many things to learn. And uh, so I ordered um, the master graph. And when it arrived, I remember I opened it up and I, I started like, I got tear, tears in my eyes. I was so excited. And it was so much more beautiful in person. Uh, the, the applied markers were sparkling in the sunlight. And I was just blown away. So I messaged Jonathan and I said, oh, my gosh, I just opened this watch. And it's so beautiful. And he messaged me right back. And I could just tell that he was so excited that I was so, so excited. Um, so then I, I live on a lake. So I thought I would really like to get a watch that I can go in the water with, not have to think about it, not have to worry about it. Well, at some point I had heard um, the owners of Laurier on a podcast and I love, now I started hearing this term microbrand and I love the fact that they were teachers mm -hmm. who had gotten into watch design. Um, I'm a speech language pathologist but I've worked in the schools through my whole career. Um, so I thought, wow, these people are amazing. And they both have relatively small wrists. <laughs> so be perfect. I'm this perfect for you. <laughs> exactly. So that was when I bought my Laurier Neptune. I think it's version three. And I loved it. Um, so that was what got me then to start finding out about what other micro brand watches are there that I might be interested in. And I think I was very drawn to the micro brand, um, concept because I love the idea of supporting small business, relatively small. And I felt like they were such amazing watches. The first few that I bought for the price point. I I was just um, very impressed and and also by the personal connection with the person who actually designed the watches and is putting them in the boxes and mailing them out. Uh, so then I just started listening to all kinds, several different watch podcasts on a regular basis and I'd hear them talk about a watch and I'd go and look it up online to see if it jumped out at me as something I was really interested in. And um, now 20 watches later. Whoa. Um, <laughs> From two to two. Wow. <laughs> well, that includes a watch that I was given by my daughter years ago when she got married. It's a little Armatron. Um, uh, so not all, but I guess the rest of the watches <laughs> that I've bought. That got out of hand quickly. That really escalated quickly. It did. I blame COVID. And that, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. My, my wife blames COVID for a lot of my acquisitions this year. Um, you know, it, it is, there's, there's not much else there. I mean, we're all obviously still trying to do what we can to stay busy, but like, 
Google's always there. Watch Recon's mm-hmm. always there. eBay's always there, as, as Spangler knows. We have yet to have spent. You know, he's done one fresh forum find that was a, a forum find. Most of them are eBay, but yeah, it's it's dangerous. Um, yeah. Plus, your your friends are always there to egg you on. Exactly. Very much. Very much. Um, so, so the the it was the master graph that was kind of the first one that you bought for yourself, and then the lorry. Yes. And I know there's a yeah. few more brews and a couple more. So, so talk us through what brought you back to what brought you back to brew. Cause I have a sneaking suspicion. Was it a specific dial color that came out? Hmm. Well, as I said, I, I really loved the look of the, um, the retrograph. Mm-hmm. I have to think carefully about these different names, the retrographs. Um, I love the shape of the case. I thought it was so cool. Um, just the way Jonathan described the design process for them, but they were out of stock. And as I was looking at them, I was said, Oh my gosh, I love blue. I love the blue dial, but that Technicolor is so beautiful. It's so good. And the teal, the teal is so different. Mm-hmm. So when they popped up as being back in stock, I panicked, I guess. I couldn't decide, so I bought the teal and the Technicolor. That was the right choice. I mean, it was the right choice. Because <laughs> you would always one want the one that you didn't buy, and they're both great. Exactly. And then you would you would like the one that you bought, even though it's fantastic, just a little less. Because like, ah, oh, but I, I also like the other one that I did. So, you, I mean, you had to. You had to get them both. Absolutely. Yes. It's the and only- one of them I bought on the Beads of Rice bracelet, which is – is a really comfortable bracelet. And you can then put it on the other one because it fits both. I mean, that's a, that's, that was, that's the hack right there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that technicolor wow. to, to me, I, I love the retrograph that it, it just screams out for something fun like that. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's such a great use of color. You, you don't see that, uh, just a full palette of colors on a watch like that. So yeah, good choice. Good choices. I think I haven't worn the teal so much in the winter. Um, it's a great summer color and it's not like I don't have a lot of watches to choose from. So that one's been in the box for probably a couple months. Um, but, and then uh, when I saw the, the retromatic, I knew I had to have it. And I knew instantly that I wanted the burgundy dial. And just the way the light hits it is so, so captivating. It's, and the textured dial, just really amazing. Um, it's a fun so. one. It was fun talking to him about the design process for this. Cause we had him on probably a month or two after um, he was, he was in that slate of guests that we had from November through December. It, it's all kind of a blur. I can't remember exactly which week he was. Um, but it, it, it's funny. Like I almost want to see one of the prototypes where it was, uh, the two different colors. Cause he mentioned, he goes, and I remember when we talked with him offline, he's like, you know, I got something really cool. At, and he described what the dial was going to look like with, you know, the, the perforations for the drain holes. He goes, I, he goes, and I think if I can play with the colors, right, it'd be cool to have two different ones. I was like, okay. Let's see where this goes. But then him talking about it, saying that the black and the copper, he goes, it just, the texture didn't come through. It looked like polka dots, mm-hmm. which 
that would that would kind of drive me nuts. I would agree with him on that. Like, so it, it I understand right. how it didn't, how that might not have worked, but it, it's amazing for as much of the same color that's on these dials on at least the burgundy one that you and I have, you, you pick up the texture and it, it changes in the light. Like the, the fact that it's a sunray finish and it, 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 I, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it, the, the pictures really don't do it justice. And, and I, that's the same way with, you know, we had a retromatic in for a little bit of a review and we just had the standard, the standard black dial and it was, it was phenomenal. Um, I can only imagine what that teal one looks like in person. Um, I've seen plenty of pictures of it, but oh my goodness, I can't imagine in person that that dial doesn't just pop. Oh, it's yeah, it's really beautiful. And yeah, a, a lot of my watches, I find myself just staring at them when I should be doing something else. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, I, when I decide whether or not to buy a watch, it's often, it's like, to me, it's like buying a piece of art. What kind of a feeling do I have when I look at it? Um, Does it make me, does it evoke some certain feeling in me? And sometimes with some of these watches, I'm just in awe of what the designers have done. And I think that's true for all the brew designs. Um, it's, it's really kind of impressive what, 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 like you said, it's, these are small businesses. These are, are people who are, you know, coming up with the design. I mean, I'm sure there's inspiration from other things they've seen in the past, but I know we, when we talked with Chase from Oak and Oscar, it's for him, it's kind of more just things he sees in everyday life for John. It's definitely the coffee for, for Lauren and Lorenzo. It's, it's wanting to make a watch that meets the specifications that kind of is, is a bit of a throwback but with modern materials and modern techniques, I mean, everybody kind of has their own little niche that they're trying to fill. Um, and the fact that you have to be quick on some of these tells you that there's, there's demand for what they're doing. Um, the fact that you can't buy certain things because they're sold out. And then obviously the lead time on some of this with, with their suppliers is pretty long. Um, you know, Buzzy and I both have a watch coming from our buddy Rick at Cincinnati watch company that, you know, we ordered back in September and they're getting the parts in now and Jordan's going to assemble it. But I'm really excited for my diver that's coming at some point, the divers edition from Cincinnati watch company. I'm really excited about it. And at times I forget, Oh yeah, I've got that coming. Um, but I know when, mm-hmm. when, when, it, when he's ready for me to come pick it up, I'll be really excited. It's going to be, that'll be a fun day, but it's, it's really kind of amazing that what all these people are able to come up with. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And then obviously when you see it, you're, and, and I love the accessibility one because it helps us create content selfishly, but two, you're right. We're, we're DMing Jonathan before we were recording tonight saying, Oh, I've got Debbie coming on. He goes, Oh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to listening to it on Tuesday. It's like just, just the back and forth, the staying in touch. I mean, it is, you really do get to know these yeah. folks. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and, um... you know, like, whoever owns Omega, right? Like Joe Omega, I'm never going to talk to that person. Right. But, uh, you meet Lauren and Lorenzo, for example, at Laurier, and they're just like the nicest people in the world. And that, that's just the, the story that we get time and time again, everyone's so accessible. You feel, you feel good about supporting them. You, you want, the good for them. You want, want them to be successful and it's so neat to be able to do that, but also to purchase these little pieces of artwork. 
Very well said. That's exactly how I feel. I love, I love the idea of supporting these people who are doing amazing things. Uh, I think Jonathan told me that he only made 50 of the teal retrographs. Wow. And I, I just got, um, had someone on Instagram who lives not in the U.S. I can't remember where, but um, I think in the Middle East, messaged me and asked me if the teal, if I wanted to sell the teal uh, retrograph. And I said, well, it's not for sale at the moment. He said, well, please put me on the waiting list. <laughs> Whoa, that is bold. That is very bold. I know. Yeah. I know. You don't see those things pop up very often either. I mean, I know everybody, everybody who's got one of those, I know is just absolutely thrilled with it. So uh, I think that's, that's so funny because I mean, you know, you're, you're the uh, watch dealer now, you know, hot watch. Now everybody's trying to buy it off of, off of you. <laughs> and I have not yet bought a pre-owned watch. Nor have I sold the watch yet. You're buying whole. I know a lot of people. Uh, well, I'm I'm enjoying buying them new, and I feel at this point I don't not ready to part with anything I've bought. Although I know I probably have a few too many, um, because they're not all getting a lot of wrist time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I feel atta- some attachment in some way to all the watches that I have right now. So I have a question. You're talking about wrist time and I struggle this struggle with this on a daily basis so much so that I made a new year's resolution of just whatever pops into your head, just go and wear. How do you decide which watch to pick each morning? That's pretty much what I do. I'll stand and look at the box and I'll think, oh, what's what I'm pulling at me today? What do I feel like putting on? Or sometimes I decide what I'm going to wear. Um, and then, you know, there's a perfect watch to go with it. Like for example, my Monte Noble with the white dial, I have this white fuzzy sweater and yep. that Monte <laughs> just looks amazing with that. You like posted um, a couple times. Yes. <laughs> it, it so, should be. That's an incredible combo. It is. <laughs> that, um, that I was very flattered because I posted the picture of the, Montenoble with the white sweater on a white blanket was also in there. And um, Monta had just sent the nobles out. And that was the first picture that they posted of the noble on someone's. um, They said something like, uh, you know, we haven't had a a chance to go through all the pictures that people have been posting of the nobles that just went out, but we had to post this one and that was the one spence that you said you're the micro (laughs) so uh that was very flattered about that because i don't know anything about photography i don't have a nice camera i just have my iphone um so that was really cool so sometimes i pick out my watch because it matches my outfit sometimes i look in the watch box and i want to wear a certain watch and then i'll pick my clothes to coordinate with the watch um, so, so I think, so you've, with two of the watches that I think are, are fairly recent acquisitions, just based on when they came out and when they shipped, you've gotten two white dials, sort of the other one that I absolutely am a huge fan of is the, uh, mother of pearl Astron banks fortitude, which 
to me, mm-hmm. them doing a mother of pearl dial was such a flex just because they, it seems like Andrew was like, I can do this. I'm going to do it. And it's between that one and the mint green of, of the ones that he did for the fortitude. So talk to, talk to us a little bit about that one. Cause that one is, that one's a really good piece. <laughs> yes. So I had never heard of Astor and Banks and then I heard him on um, podcast and Again, I was so impressed by him as a person. So I went to look at his watches and I saw the, um, drawing a blank, his dive watch. Oh, the uh, that was the Sea Ranger? Yes, yes. the Sea Ranger. Okay. The Sea Ranger. And I really liked the, I think it's, he calls it a polar. It's a white with a gray um, accents. And they were sold out. But I did love the blue one as well. So I ordered that one. And that was such a fun watch. I wore that a lot in the summer. Love this splash of orange with the second hand. Um, in fact, I was showing my daughter uh, in my Rolex book, the Milgauss. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, I think this is such a beautiful watch. And she said, Mom, I think that watch you have with the orange second hand is way nicer looking than this Rolex. <laughs> Nice. So I I really enjoyed wearing that watch a lot. And then when I heard he was coming out with the Fortitude, which is smaller, uh, and I looked at those and like you, I thought, first of all, I decided "Ah, I have enough watches. I'm not going to buy this watch. But if I were going to buy it, it would be the mint green (laughs) or the mother of pearl. And then one day, I think probably saw on Instagram, oh, the price is whatever right now, but after, must have been like after Thanksgiving, the price is going up. So then I was like, I'm buying this watch. I have to buy it. (laughs) So I ordered the mother pearl. That point, uh, the fear of missing out overshadowed all of your your notions of – of prudence and just boom. Yes. And I love the thought that I've gotten a bargain. So the thought that I bought the watch before the price went up, just, just really drew me in. So there you go, Andrew, that was a good marketing technique. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, that was another watch. The day I opened it, I started crying. I don't know what it was. There was something about it. And ironically, that week, I got four new watches. Jeez. It just happened that way. Well, because I ordered the Fortitude in um, November, but it didn't come in until the week before Christmas. I ordered the Montenoble the like the day it came out in the summer, mm-hmm. and that came in right before Christmas. And the Hyperion came out right around that same yep. time. And then there was a fourth watch that I got that week too. I, I think we, so. we'll get to that fourth watch here in a second. So the Hyperion, which which colorway? So I, it's obviously all the same colorway, but did you go gilt or did you go silver? I got the gilt. Oh, that's a good one. Nice. That is. So I have the, the Laurier Neptune in the blue with gilt. Then I got the Laurier Falcon, which again, that one's a little smaller. And I did for a while. I found myself grabbing that a lot just because I love the size of it on my wrist. I think a 
36 is a really nice size for my five and a half inch wrist. Um, and that one I got in the blue and the silver. And so then when I saw the Hyperion and I, I just loved the, and they talked about it maybe on your podcast um, about how much time they spent with the colors, mm -hmm. with the Pepsi bezel, getting that red just right. And even they were so particular about the red on the roulette date wheel. And boy, the finished product is stunning. So beautiful. Um, so then I was back and forth, but I liked, I felt like the gilt looked a little bit more um, vintage. Mm -hmm. And um, I, just, I'm very happy that that's what I went with. So it, it's almost like it gives an added warmth. Cause I know that, that, that mm -hmm. red on the GMT is almost, it's not quite a burgundy, but it's really deep. It's almost like a very good, very well-preserved Bakelite color that they tried to go with, which is perfect for what they were going with. And the gilt just makes it a little bit warmer, which of the two, that that is my favorite. It's, it's the gilt. Because um, you're like, oh, man, do you want gilt? Yes, you do. It adds just it's it's it adds the warmth um, that that deep red, I think it just calls for it. It's it's really, really amazing. And that's another that's, that's another watch that you've got a whole palette of colors on it, it, it that to get gilt to play with with the blue and the red and you've got the red sec uh gmt hand that's you know and the roulette there's a lot going on there and they make it look very easy mm -hmm. very well thought out so debbie you are affiliated before we get into that that other purchase that we were talking about that, that we'll we'll talk about your friends that you're affiliated with up there in the New England area. So you're, you're part of a little bit of a, of a watch group that maybe hasn't met in person yet, uh, given, given COVID, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your friends up there? So I'm a member of the Boston Watch Shots group, which is not just limited to Boston. Uh, people from all over New England are in the group and actually people who don't even live in New England anymore, but who have some New England connection. Uh, and there are over 90 of us in the group. Uh, we have a chat forum that we have, and there are only three women in the group. And two of them work in, I believe, jewelry stores. They work in watches. Um, and I would say of all those people, there's probably 15 or 20 of us that chat really regularly. And these guys have been great. They've been so helpful to me. I know if I have a question, and same with them. I'll see them asking each other questions, and I've learned a lot from them. And I sometimes I just look at the chat, and I think, I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know these watches that they're talking about. Um, so it's been a real learning experience, and we're really – Really looking forward to being able to meet in person someday. Someday. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, if it's anything like our uh, Cincy Red Bar meetups, the, the key is that you, you meet all of your watch friends in a bar that has like really crummy lighting. So you can't mm -hmm. see the fine details that we all love about the watches that we bring. <laughs> it's a it's a bit ridiculous. Well, it works. We may end up meeting outdoors somewhere when the weather warms up. 
um, before we can go hang out in a bar. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be another way to get together. Um, the group, if you did it in daylight, you'd be able to see stuff. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) The group started, I think in 2020. So I don't, they've never had an in-person meetup, but we do have zoom meetings about once a month. We've had guests. Jonathan Ferrer was a guest one month. Um, and sometimes we just have meetups where it's just us being able to see each other and uh, and chat. It's really fun. Yeah. Really, really nice group of guys. And, of course, they've um, not helped my bank account any at all. <laughs> we like to call those folks enablers. Uh, yes, our, for sure. Our Red Bar Cincy group is full of them. Some of them even sell straps to us. <laughs> Our buddy Zach, who's been, uh, he actually has his own watch brand. So between Zach and Rick, who are both Red Bar members, they both have watch companies now that, that they've they've started brands. And then Zach sells some pretty killer straps. So they, yeah, it, they, everybody encourages us to spend money in that group. So it's, it's fun. Yes. There's a meme going around. I don't know if Brodinky developed it about, um, about watch enablers, all the people who follow us on Instagram being enablers. So yeah. th- I actually, it's funny. Um, he didn't post that, but somebody posted it and I found it and I sent it to him. And then he obviously put it in his stories because it is very accurate. Very, oh very goodness. accurate. It's like, this is this is the guy spending all his time on watches and these are the folks encouraging him. And it's yes. arrows pointing <laughs> up to his Arrow name and all the likes. Yes, it's exactly. completely accurate. That's exactly what we're all doing. Um, mm-hmm. So those folks may have helped you decide to go pick something up. Uh, <laughs> this is that alleged fourth watch that came in that week, which I'm sure that uh, timing was fantastic. Well, but in fairness, you had ordered the other ones previously, so those had already been bought and paid for months prior. That's right. Yeah. Except for the Hyperion, which was a, a more recent purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the Monte Noble I bought in the summer and the uh, Astron Banks I bought in November. I mm-hmm. So I had always, when I got into watches, I thought there's no way. The guys in my watch shots group, a lot of them have Rolexes and talk about Rolex and they'd be talking about date chests and OPs and Pepsi this and GMT. And I would be like, I don't know what they're talking about. Throwing out reference numbers? Because those are fun. Uh, No, not so much the reference numbers, but just even the the names. And I I didn't know what they were talking about. So sometimes I'd Google. But when through Instagram, I'm sure, I saw the new Rolex releases of the OPs. And in in 36, which is, I think, my sweet spot for size, and that blue or the pink, I was like, Oh wow, these are really beautiful and they're not twenty thousand dollars. But then I I realized also I'm not going to be able to get one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I quickly (laughs) heard. So I I think in my group I was kind of feeling out well, how does one get a Rolex? They don't you don't seem to be able to actually get them, which is the weird thing about Rolex. So I found out what the term AD refers to. (laughs) And I found my, so I looked online and found out who my local AD was. So one Saturday, I think last September, I drove to the jewelry store and went in and 
this really nice guy was sitting there um, behind the Rolex counter and we sat and chatted and he of course didn't have any of the new OPs, but I told him I was interested and he wrote my name and all my information down. And then he said, well, we don't have them. We don't know when we're going to be getting any. However, look at this watch. And he showed me a date just on a Jubilee bracelet, a 36 millimeter with um, a smooth bezel. And I said, oh, that's so beautiful. But I just, I don't want to spend that much money on a watch. And, you know, so in the meantime, as I'm going there to look, I'm messaging the guys in the Boston Watch Shots group. And they're saying to me, oh, let us know if they have this. Tell them that. You know, they wanted. And then as soon as I came out, they were like, what did you see? What did you find? It was so fun. And so I told them I, I had taken a picture of this date just. And I said, you know, I, I even told the AD, I don't really like that Cyclops, that magnifying thing over the date, you know. But, wow, the dial was so beautiful on this watch. And I loved the Jubilee bracelet. So anyway, I, they said to me, you should keep going back. You should, you know, make sure he knows, develop a relationship with him, make sure he knows you're still interested. So they're giving me all this advice. So whenever I'd be in the area, I'd stop in and chat with the guy. And um, so uh, the, the date just was still there. And then one day I went in and the date just was gone. So I thought, well, Okay, it wasn't meant to be, and I've saved myself a bunch of money. I'll just hang in there until the OP comes in someday. So all of a sudden, on the Sunday before Christmas, I got a, I think a text from the AD saying, just want you to know that we just got a blue dial, 36 millimeter date just on a Jubilee bracelet with a fluted bezel. I know that's not really what you wanted. Well, what he didn't realize was in the meantime, I'd been looking at a lot of pictures. And to me, the fluted bezel was the ultimate on that watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that week, I knew that I think some of them were already in the mail. I knew I had the Noble coming, <laughs> the Hyperion coming. <laughs> And the Astor and Banks fortitude in the mother of pearl dial, all arriving within a few days. And now I get a message that this day just is available. And I knew if I didn't jump on it, it would, you know, well, maybe it wouldn't have been. But of course, the AD told me it would be gone. You know, he could only hold it for so long. So I'm messaging my Boston Watch House group and saying, oh, my gosh, you guys, I just got this message. What should I do? I don't know what to do. I literally was sweating. <laughs> and I said to them, I'm breaking out in a sweat. <laughs> and they're all saying, go, go now, go now. <laughs> so get in your car, drive there, go now. So I said, well, I have to put a bra on. So one of the guys says, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you he's, he's got a point. Well, I did put a bra on. That, you know, I'm glad you, 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 you COVID life. All, you know? Yeah. Oh man. 
So I, I, I can I say that's the first time a listener has ever told us that, that they've had to put a bra on. Not just a listener, a guest. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, that too. So I drove there and the whole time they're messaging me, are you there yet? We need to see pictures. Where are the pictures? And then I got there. So of course I saw the watch. I put it against my wrist and I was like, yes, I'm buying this watch. So the AD now has to size the bracelet. And so I'm waiting for him to size the bracelet and they're messaging me, where are the pictures, right? I mean, these guys were so amazing. They said to me, you should have known, you knew when you asked us what you should do, you knew what we were going to say. There's no way we were going to say, don't buy it. And uh, I said to them, you guys made this so much fun for me, you know, with their constant messaging and uh, so I took pictures of everything that was in the case and, um, yeah, so I have no regrets. It was, it was, a, I love the watch. It's really beautiful. And even when I paid the bill this month, I still had no regrets. <laughs> so, oh, and the other thing that was really nice was, um, one of the guys had said to me, you know, make sure that you tell him because they had told me that there was a, I, I could pay um, there'd be a no interest charge that I could pay it off over time. Oh, yeah. And uh, they said to me, one of the guys said to me, um, Gary said, if you have the money and you can just pay for it up front, tell him you wanted to throw in a watch winder. So I was nice. like, Ooh, do I really do that? So I said to him, well, since I can just put this on my charge card and I can pay for it, um, could you throw in a watch winder? So he said, well, let me see what I have in the back. So I ended up with a watch winder. Nice. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing that if it wasn't for the guys in my group, I never, ever would have thought to do that because you can't get a discount on a Rolex. But um, yeah, he gave me a a watch winder. And he said to me, the AD said to me, I told you the first time you came in that I would take care of you. And I did. (laughs) So, yeah. So now I'm I'm waiting to see if that OP comes in. So. Oh no! We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so I've definitely expanded beyond the micro brands. That's for sure. Well, I, I've joked that that there's there's not really a there's really never a wrong watch to buy unless it's a Breitling for Bentley, uh, and that is for somebody, not me. <laughs> that's 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 my go to because everybody else rags on Hublot, and there are some Hublots that I like. Um, the new and to be. To be honest, you're right, Buzz. The new Chronomat, they are. They're actually fine. So it's always kind of my joke one because there's that 47 millimeter one that looks like a wheel rim that I'm just like, "Eh, it's not for me. (laughs) So that's my go-to in my head of when I decide to pick on a watch to to not like. But the the blue the blue dial with a fluted bezel on a Jubilee in the like the date that is that is a that is the most correct a date just has ever been. So you picked <laughs> well, that is that is my that is like if I'm buying a date just it's that one. And you can you can talk to my buddy Blake the enabler at Richter and Phillips and he and I have had this conversation. Um, he yeah so yeah it's it's dangerous to have a good relationship with your AD. It's it's expensive. <laughs> it probably is. This guy's so nice, and I do stop in whenever I'm nearby just to say hello. And uh, yeah, he really he's a nice guy. So I, I do know brilliant idea, by the way, to to ask for a watch winder because you're right. There's no way in hell you're getting a discount on no. on a Rolex, but that is that's something that obviously your life is better for having and yeah uh, oh that's brilliant 
I know. You know so I, I actually like- have my Laurier Hyperion on there because nice. I set the um, the complication of the uh, the I have it set to Pacific time. And so I thought instead of having to reset that all the time, yeah. I, I keep the Hyperion on there when I'm not wearing it. Um, so, yeah, it's a wolf watch winder. It's really That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I was going to say, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I have a the one that's on my watch winder. I have my Rideau Diastar on there, not because of any complication, but because it has one of those like recessed crowns and I can't wind it very easily with my finger. Uh. So I'm like, this thing is such a pain in the butt to wind. Just, that's on the winder. <laughs> there, that's an excellent use for it. Yeah, because my fingers get sore from trying to wind that watch. <laughs> I do like a big crown. I have an Oris yes. uh, big crown pointer date. And um, I just think it's a cool looking uh, part of the watch when there's a nice big crown on the watch. I don't know why. It just appeals to me. It's a, uh, yeah. it, it also makes it easier to like wind them and to set them and to, I mean, all that, mm-hmm. all the good stuff. It's just, it's nice. And I know Buzz has always talked about, I'm going to steal your thunder buzz, the clasp and the crown, the two things you touch most on a watch, you got to get those right. Yeah. Yep. Um, that brew, the first brew that I was given that I won in the bet, the HP one, the, um, crown on that looks like a coffee filter. Ooh. The shape of it. It's, uh, yeah, that's a really nice little subtle detail on that watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, what color big crown pointer date do you have? I didn't know you had the Oris. Which big crown pointer date do you have? Uh, let's see. It's, it's a black dial. And, uh, yeah, I got that at my AD, a different AD. So it's got a black dial. Right. And then the, where the date is, you know, the, the pointer at the date is, red mm-hmm. so it's got this tiny little bit of red um i love oris i love the the company they're not a micro band but um i also have the oris aquas um clean ocean oh that's and that's another their, really good one their commitment to you know the environment and everything is i think really cool oh that one's um, beautiful yeah, it's very beautiful. And that, that one's like 39 millimeters, isn't it? So that probably, with the yes. shape of that probably fits your wrist really well. Yeah, they it, work great. It fits me pretty well, yeah. Anytime I see a watch that I think, oh, that's beautiful, and then I see that it's 42, I say, well, it's not for me. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, the it's Bacchus okay. have the nice short lugs, and it just – the the bracelet drapes really nicely uh-huh. those are and the, the cool thing is like you point out they, they're certainly not a micro brand but they are accessible like like one and they are so responsive to the enthusiast community um it's just a lot of fun yeah they seem to be a really good company i haven't dealt with the company itself i bought both those watches at a jewelry store um but I love them. They're they're beautiful. Really nice watches. Yeah, we've gotten to know VJ, uh, their their North American CEO, and he's he's fantastic. He's done a couple of Red Bar events with us. I know they've done a ton of those throughout COVID with all the different either Red Bar or you know different chapters mm-hmm. of different watch clubs. You know, they they seem to be really in tune with what everybody's doing. Um, mm-hmm. from, from a social media perspective, which is, is, is fantastic for a brand that's, that's their size. 
Um, but it's nice that they're still independent. And I think that's kind of, I think that's why they're able to do what they're able to do because they're independent, like the smaller micro brands are. Um, so that's, that's fun. Um, so speaking of your, your, of your friends in the Boston, Boston watch shots, um, you know, uh, one of our favorite accounts to follow at this point, uh, Lana on a NATO. So we won't mention his name, although I think he has his name, at least his first name in his profile. Um, I think so. We've been doing a little detective work on this guy because uh, I think it's hilarious what he's doing. We're all big fans of the fact that he's taking a gorgeous Lana and putting it on a really ill-fitting NATO strap. It's just the 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 fun and the fact that he's helping Bro and Buzz do do a thing with the leather NATOs. Uh, much appreciated oh, yeah. there. Um, but we've been doing a little detective work and I think we're going to release this, uh, with, with the episode. Um, I think, I, I think I know what this guy looks like. Can you confirm that that, that might be, that might be him? Oh, oh I'm leaning in, but yes, okay. I do notice a resemblance. Okay. Yeah. I'm All pretty, right. That, that's him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, yep. that's and you know, thought. I'm glad you mentioned that because he did ask me to give him a shout out, okay. uh, during the podcast. So Yes. I can confirm at least, you know, across the uh, camera here that that very much looks like him. Yeah. Yes. Although his dog's not in that picture. Yeah. You know, we, I couldn't find a good shot other than the one with his ankle with his dog. Um, yeah. So it just, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that we He's got, got that. that little fluffy white dog. <laughs> yeah. Partner in crime. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that key, key operating that partner in crime. Yes. No, not really. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what this is all about. <laughs> he, he's the hero we deserve. You re- yes. <laughs> Very much so. Um, that's true. Oh man. The, the, the ankle shot last week was, was amazing. Ankle mm-hmm. shot with the dog. Just, I, I laughed so hard at that. I laughed so hard at that. Um, well, I had to explain it to my wife. <laughs> I don't know how you explained that. I I don't. Um, yeah, you don't. Um, you don't. <laughs> between that and then we had another buddy, uh, another listener, uh, watch Switch Friday or Doctor Z, depending on. Um, I oh think, yeah. Uh, he posted. Oh, is he in your? Is he in that group too? No, but I follow him okay. on Instagram. He he posted uh, a, a shot yesterday of uh, some Glyer's Geta, which we have talked about on the podcast with his Laurier Neptune on it. <laughs> so it was kind of a tube shot, if you will. Um, of the, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good breakfast breakfast meat. Uh, it's it's kind of unique. We talked about it with John from Par Weber, um, little Cincinnati connection there, but it was, it was, I was like, make sure you wipe the inside of your watch off because for whatever reason, I don't understand this. If you guys ever order it, if you're Taking a flyer on Geta, um, the outside is still slightly greasy somehow. Buzz, I think you can probably back me up on this. I don't know why. A little bit. It's part <laughs> part of part of the life of a go Geta, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I know I think there's one brand. So we covered Astro and Banks, Laurier, Manta, Brew. I think there's I think there's one other micro brand that you may have in the box. Yes, I have a notice sector, and uh, I had heard the the guys Wes and Colin um, on podcasts, and I was very impressed by them too. Again, two really young guys who were such go getters and so creative, and uh, 
The only watch that I felt that I could purchase from them, although I really liked a lot of their watches, was the Sector because of the size. It was, mm -hmm. I think it was the smallest one they had. And um, so I was waiting, waiting for that to get restocked. And in the meantime, they came out with a podcast. <laughs> I told them I was listening. There was one episode where the two of them were just chatting and playing their guitars and singing. I mean, they're so talented. They're really amazing musicians too. And so I would put that podcast on at night and listen to it as I fell asleep. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I love that. They called it a jamisode. Um, I loved that episode where they were playing guitars. It's, I think that's another cool thing about the microbands is feeling like you, you get to know a little bit about the person behind the brand. Mm -hmm. And that makes the watches that much more special when you know something about them, like that Lauren and Lorenzo were, were teachers and, you know, Jonathan Ferrer being uh, be so into coffee. And I've heard him on so many podcasts. And let me just say one more thing about Jonathan. Every time I talk to somebody about him, or I hear him mentioned on a podcast, you know what people always say about him? He's a nice he guy. He is the... Yes! <laughs> every yes. time. He really is. And the guy, who, the guy who gave me the watch that I won in that bet, I said something to him about Jonathan, and, and he said, oh, he's just the, he's just the best guy. You know, it's, it's just universally everybody says it about him. It's amazing. And the funny thing is, is you know, we've gotten to know all the other folks from all the other brands that you've talked about. And they're all very nice people as well. There's, I don't know. He, it, it, the funny thing about it is, is like when we, when we, after we talked, after we recorded the first time, we had our second recording with him. And the first thing he just said, Hey, how's everybody do? like, just so genuine, so nice. So in the moment, I still go back to, you know, obviously other than this episode, um, I go back to his first episode and he was just so on. I, I still think it might be that's that's where I think of when we interview. So, like I said, other than this one with you, because tonight's been fantastic. Um, he he set that bar on that first one. So I I, I came upstairs and I told my wife, I was like, he was on fire. Like, <sighs> like we that was by far that's the episode that I still benchmark everything to because he he the way he was asking, he was asking us questions, the way he was answering, the way he was thinking about things, it was just it was unbelievable. And you could tell like he's so genuine and so in the moment and so thoughtful on what he says and being able to articulate what's in his head from a design process and how he relates it. Like I've not met somebody who can take an idea in his head. That's just a concept and then not only make it a really cool little tiny, beautiful machine, but then also articulate why he made the decisions he made to a person like me who doesn't work at all in industrial design or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. Like you're explaining it to me and I understand it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, very unique talent that he has. And, and the, the sheer creativity of it to, to take his love of coffee and, and to create that family of watches that he has, the, the, the well hasn't run dry. It hasn't come anywhere close it, it, that begs belief. I mean, I would think that you could do one or two really slick watches with with a, a muse such as that. And he's, 
I, he's got no signs of slowing down, you know? In fact, he posted something the other day that said he was designing, and I thought, oh, gosh, there goes my bank account again. <laughs> but <laughs> but also um, the thing about him with his love for coffee, yes. But the other thing I've picked up from him is it's not just the coffee. He talks about the um, idea of being in a coffee shop and that experience of being with other people, which of course now we're, at least I'm missing out on. Mm -hmm. I'm not going and sitting at coffee shops. I'm not meeting up with my friends at a bar to have a drink or at a coffee shop to have a coffee. But my sense is that part of what he loves about what he does is connecting with the community with he calls the owners, meaning not the owners of the watch companies, but the owners of his watches. Mm -hmm. I think he really, really enjoys that connection that he has with people who have bought his watches. And that is just a very special thing about the brew watch company. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I kind of joked with him. I was like, I'm, I'm one of the lucky owners who's gotten to talk to you a couple of times at length, you know, kind of face to face mm -hmm. in where we're at. And it's, it's, it's always a treat. Um, and it is, it, I would say, it's, I, I think it, as again, we, we never fail to fill an hour and, and then plus some, um, but it is, I think it's, I think that's a really good way to wrap just because we've, we've had, we, we, it's kind of come full circle. It's about the experience Oddly enough, that experience in the coffee shop is what got you into this hobby, which is crazy to me. That is so mm -hmm. cool. Like it's, it's come completely full circle. Um, so I, I say, I, Buzzy, do you have anything else for, for Debbie before we let her go? No, I, I, I don't. And I am just uh, tickled how, how great of a, an episode this was. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not every week that you have royalty on. It, <laughs> this is very true. Although we do need to get the queen's opinion uh, since she will be, her episode will feature our new theme song that Spangler uh, did for us. I know that your grandson was a big fan of the old one. What are your thoughts on the new one? Well, I will test it on him the next time I'm with him because with the old one, when I would turn it on, he would start dancing. So I'll let you know how he reacts to the new theme song. Uh, I, you will have to let us know when we will let Spangler know and he can fix it. Just so, <laughs> just so the listeners know, he's only 19 months old. So I don't want you to think he's, you know, a teenager. <laughs> he's only 19 months old. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind when you um, consider his opinion. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've learned that, uh, so I, our youngest is uh, 17 months old now. 17? Yeah, I think I'm doing the math right. He'll be 18 months in like three weeks. They've got good taste though sometimes. I mean, it, mm -hmm. you, you'd be surprised. There are some things where I'm like, I don't know that I'd combine banana and salmon in the same bite, but that you do you. Um, <laughs> but other times like you put on a good song and his older brother's like, I don't want to listen to this. And I look over and he's, you know, he's doing his thing. I was like, yeah, he gets it. That's <laughs> so, right. They, you know, they, 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 to each their own. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend Vaughn's choice of banana and salmon. <laughs> it's only happened once, but he was really into it that night. 
It's a healthy choice. It true. was. So Debbie, uh, we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Uh, it has been a ton of fun. Uh, I think we got to know you uh, and the listeners got to know you quite a bit better. Uh, for those of you who don't know Debbie, Debbie, what is your Instagram handle? It's case underscore and underscore crown. Excellent. So go out there, give Debbie a follow, see uh, all the micro brands and then that new Rolex that she's got. Um, she does a great job on Instagram. It's a ton of fun. You get to see the lake. Uh, it's just, it's such a genuine page. I enjoy, I enjoy I've enjoyed connecting with you getting to know you a little bit better. And I'm sure that the, uh, the listeners will, will really enjoy it. And like we said, we're going to try to do collector conversations quite a bit more frequently because they're just, they're just a lot of fun. We get to meet people we wouldn't otherwise meet. Um, you know, we don't get to go sit in coffee shops anymore. We don't get to go do, re- you know, meetups, whether it's red bar, Boston watch shots, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's nice to have that personal connection. So thank you so much for being willing to come hang out with us for a decent amount of time on a Sunday night. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Everybody, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitzwatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z. Zeitz.